is, is going to the money is going to come to pay all of this money when you look at it so gangatra you think it's going to come from you you don't know that i have means in which i can uh, pay that off for you god said i will not flow the money to you unless you put a structure in place so uh, and then i put a structure in place and i think i, I think there are three of them aside I, I put a structure in place 100 100 100 pounds for each one of them and the very first month when the first payment it went out of my account then you can say the tsunami opened you know and in in three to four months uh the, the debt was paid off right uh, but god 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 did that and there's the lessons that are learned in there a part of which i'm going to share tonight in but i want to share tonight on the message i've titled um sell off pay off and live on all right which is part of the away conference so um i've got a uh, slide that i've created I don't know if, if i've got uh admin right to share Okay, uh, let me share. All right, fantastic. I think it should be all right. Praise God forevermore. Praise God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for the opportunity to minister with your people and for your people and to your people tonight, your precious, wonderful people from everywhere where they're coming from. Lord, I pray, oh God, that these words will come in waves in waves that draw them, that draw them, waves that draw them, that draw them closer to know that it is possible. Lord, we break, we, we break down everything that causes fear. We send away every thought pattern that causes fear, that traps people in a cycle. I decree by the power of the Holy Ghost that your word will go out tonight to cause transformation and changes in the hearts of your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, that when we come back a year from today, there shall be testimonies in the name of Jesus Christ because you will have moved your people to leap forward mightily in the name of Jesus Christ. We mark this day down in history as a day in which you are turning things around for your people. We thank you for it and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so and when we talk about a new year, you know, New Year is a new beginning. Uh, in different churches, as Lord laid in the heart of the lead shepherd for different churches, you have different themes, the year of this and the year of that. And the truth of the matter is, uh, God's desire for us remains unchanged. Uh, God's desire for all of us remains unchanged. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the Bible says, I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, God said. I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you says the Lord, the plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God says, the, the plan that I have for you is the plan that is peaceful. That word peace, in the, in the, this, because this is in the Old Testament, is the Hebrew language shalom, which means nothing broken, nothing missing. In the, in the, uh, English, in the New Testament, that word peace is what irene, which means, you know, well-being, total well-being. It means prosperity, actually. Prosperity. It means cessation of war. God says, the plan that I have for you is a plan for you to have total well-being, to have nothing broken, nothing missing in your life, to have total well-being, not for you to have any form of disaster. God says, I want to give you a future, a future and a hope. In, in, the, in the another translation, it says, a future laden with hope. What is hope? Hope is the confident expectation of good, which means when you wake up in the morning, 
God wants us to have this idea that today will be better than yesterday. That tomorrow will be better than, than, than today. That is the idea. That's the agenda of God for you. And that agenda has not changed. So, in each church, God gives direction for each church to the lead pastor in, li- in line with what he wants that, that ministry to fo- focus on. The shepherd of this house has been given a vision of, of a higher height. And this means set your vision higher than you did for last year. Expect to be more. Expect to do more. Expect to have more in 2024 than you had last year. So, which means that there must be a desire for you to grow in this year. But growth is uncomfortable. Growth is uncomfortable. Growth requires you to move away from your comfort zone and to try something else. And because growth is uncomfortable, some people may have a desire to, you know, do great things in the year. But that change may not happen because of one thing, not taking action. Sometimes I, I, I read something somewhere where somebody said that most New Year resolution pans out after the first month. You know, people make all these New Year resolution and by the end of the first month, it's like we put it in the bin. It has happened to me before. I'm sure it may have happened to some of you before. You say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. And then you end up not doing some of them or a lot of them. Why? Well, there are three things to, to pay attention to. Number one is you might have a desire to grow. You might choose to grow. But the best thing is to be committed to grow. Desire is great. Desire is a starting point of change. God says, I will fulfill the desires of your heart. So that's why the desire is okay. It's good to have a desire for something. Because if you don't have a desire for something, you cannot begin to pursue it. But desire alone will not get the job done. Your desire must be backed by action. It was like the story of Elijah. When God told Elijah that Elijah should go to uh, meet the woman, uh, the woman that fed him during the time then there was famine in the land. Suppose Elijah, after the brook, chariots dried up. Elijah refused to go. But God had made provision available for Elijah in that place. But Elijah said, oh, no, I'm just going to stay here. Then Elijah is going to die in that place, even though the provision of God is available. So when we have a desire for something, and we don't take action, then that result will not manifest. But And when we choose to grow and we don't take action, result also will not manifest. But if you are committed to grow and we do all that is necessary to go, grow, then we will leave excuses behind, complaints behind, finger pointing behind, and we'll do what is necessary to move us forward. God taught me a lesson, tear concept. Tear means thoughts, emotions, actions, and results. And God says, your thoughts will create emotions. Your emotions will produce actions. And actions will produce results. Which means, thoughts lead to emotions. Emotions lead to actions. Actions produce results. So, if I want to get results, I must take action. Action, therefore, becomes the bridge between my thoughts and my emotions so that I can produce results. So, we want to commit to grow this year. We want to leave excuses behind and complaints behind and finger pointed behind. And by the grace of God, as I go through tonight's teaching, I'm going to be asking that 
we, we take a case study to use that to, to try and teach this concept so that we can then understand how God wants us to move on to higher heights in this new year. There's a story that I'm going to be talking from this night from the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. The Bible says, Now the wife of a son of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. But the creditor has come to take my two sons to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you of sale value in the house? She said, Your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go around and borrow vessels from all your all of your neighbors, empty vessels and not a few. And when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons, then pour out the oil you have into all those vessels, setting aside each one when it is full. Verse 5. So she went, she took action, she obeyed. She went from him and shut the door upon herself and her sons. And who brought to her the vessels? This vessel, obviously, they had vessels that they have borrowed from the neighbors as she poured the oil. When the vessels were all full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not a one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Then she came and told the man of God. He said, go sell the oil, pay your debt, you and your sons live on the rest. So that's where we got the text from. Sell off, pay off, and live on. All right, so let's begin to unpack this text in 2 Kings chapter 4. What the lesson that God is teaching us here. I'll be bringing out principle from here. And towards the end of, the, uh, of this preaching, I will pray for everybody, including myself. You know, so that what we'll we'll learn tonight, the Lord will help us to put them to use in the new year, in this year that we are. The Bible says, the wife of a son of the prophet cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead, she said. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two sons to be slaves. Now, to understand the context behind this, you need to understand how, uh, you know, debt collection works worked in the old testament if a man holds somebody money and the man could not pay the money the 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 creditor will come and take the sons and the family you know the wife and sell all of them off or make them to become servants you know so that the, the debt could be fulfilled you know so the way it worked there eventually is that you know they take all the property and that's it now you think about it for a moment the bible said this man feared the lord so the man possibly is a man who does who works holy, who does righteous stuff. The man feared the Lord. He's probably a man who has never duped anybody in his life. This man feared the Lord. This man does things right. But how come this man ended up dying and leaving his family to pick up the cup? He left his family in debt. This is the kind of man that feared the Lord, but he died broke. He feared the Lord, but he never left any inheritance for his children. This man feared the Lord, but he put his family in penury by the time he died. He was a prophet quite all right. He's got the anointing quite all right. But so you notice now, therefore, that the anointing doesn't make him rich. 
Because there's financial literacy that he needs to have that which he didn't have. Possibly he spent beyond his means. Possibly he didn't have, he wasn't paid enough. Whatever. The Bible didn't tell us what that is. But bottom line is this man died and left his family in debt. I pray for you by the power of the Holy Ghost that this will not be your portion in the name of Jesus. That when it is your time to live here, the Bible says a good man lives inheritance for his children's children. That shall be your portion in the name of Jesus. Now imagine how these children may f- must feel to have a father like that. Left them in debt. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? But it seems to me this man did not get the wisdom of financial literacy. So what is the principle can we can get here? Number one principle here is we can go to church and fear God. And the person can still die broke if the person did not get the wisdom of financial literacy. I've been there. I told you my story earlier about, you know, being, being in debt for 70,000 and the Lord got me out. And how did the Lord get me out? It was a message like this. I was standing in front of a TV and Kenneth Copeland was speaking a message. He was talking about prosperity and how to, how to be debt free. And he said this to me, he said, it is not God's will for you to be in debt. I was standing in front of the TV in my bedroom and I heard that and I said, okay. Meanwhile, prior to that, you know, I had this overdraft, 8,000 pounds with backlist. My wife would, would tell me, this overdraft is not your money. Why are you having overdraft? Go and pay it off. I said, no, I'm not going to pay it off. He said, but when they pay money to it, the account is overdrawn by 5,000. You get money, if another 10,000 comes into you, you are still, okay, you have 5,000 now in credit. But you say, oh, it's, it's my money. But it's not your money because overdraft is not your money. It was money that was put in there for emergency. But now you've turned overdraft into something that you just spend regularly. That is not God's will for you. My wife told me, Pay it off. I said, no, baby, no, I'm not going to pay it off. <laughs> I, got, I, I was in bondage to debt and I didn't know it. I was in bondage to debt and I didn't know it. But God has a way of taking us out, didn't he? When God gave me that message and I got, it was like a slap on my face. I said, oh, really, it is possible to be debt free. And what did God do for me? God said to me, do a catalog of how much you owe. Write them down. If you don't know how much you owe, how can you pay them off? So I wrote them down. And God says to me now, write check to each one of them. I wrote check to each one of them in the full amount, dated it, and I signed it. And then I wrote at the back, I now thank God for the complete payment of this debt in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray over them, put them in my Bible, and left them. Now, remember I said earlier, God said to me, the reason why you this money, you're not doing anything about this debt you're holding is because you think uh, that you are the one that will pay for it. Put something in place. I'm a fair God. I'm a just God. I put something in place, a payment plan in place, and guess what happened? Three to four months, the whole money got cleared off. And that's how I became debt-free. But this is principle number one here is, somebody can go to church and say, die broke if they don't have financial literacy. So let us make it a point of duty to be financially, to be financially literate. One of the books you can read is, you know, um, you can read the book that uh, Poor Dad Rich Dad wrote this. Uh, Mr. Kiyosaki wrote, write the, read the book. It will tell you about, you know, the, there are four quadrants in which you can play. You can either be an employee or self-employment or you can have somebody who has a company or you have somebody who has some sort of leverage. You know, you can get a book like that on Amazon and you can read it. There's a man as well in, in within this within the redeem uh, family, uh, Pastor Tunji. I think he did a seminar recently in our church. You can also have a chat with him as well if you want to understand about how to manage your money, uh, because he came to our church recently to teach us something about mo- money mastery. All right. So what I'm saying essentially here is in this year, let us take advantage of the fact that we need to learn how to manage our money better. 
So, verse 2, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you of sale value? Notice what he said. Notice what Elisha, Elisha was so smart. He said, do you not have anything in your house that we can sell? She said, your, your handmaid has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Now, notice what Elijah did in verse 2. Elijah walked with what she had. Do you have something of value? Do you have something worth of value that we can sell? The principle I have here is, no matter where you are today, even if you're a student, no one is so useless. In fact, God doesn't create any useless person anyway. Everybody that God has created is a person of value. Why? Because you are made in the image and likeness of God. If you are made in the image and likeness of God, it means you are a person of value. So nobody is created by God without a gift that they can monetize or they can use to serve the world. They can use to add value to the world. So God will always use what is in your hand. So an example I want to use tonight to explain this as we go along is, let's say, for example, you are here and you love cooking. You love cooking. Is it not possible for you to turn that cooking into a side hustle? Some, you, you love cooking. You have, a, you have a job. Let's say you work with the NHS and you still uh, um, you are a nurse. You know, you earn 30000 a year, let's say, for example, but you love cooking. You can walk around your time and uh, and essentially begin to you know cook on the side you know and allow you to grow that will bring you maybe another 200 pounds a month another 400 pounds a month you know as it goes and then that is how you then begin to have more money so that business can generate more money for you on the side so give me one i just i need to stop my whatsapp one more one moment please uh apologies So much noise. Okay, so uh, apologies, I'm back. Uh, so that money you can put it on the side, which I'm going to show you towards the end how you can take the extra money you make. And you can begin to put them aside for investment and, and, and savings. We're going to talk about that in a moment. So, is there an interest that you have today? Maybe a passion, something that you love to do that we can turn into a business. You can turn to something that you can do on the side. Please, we're not saying leave your job. Don't leave your job yet. But begin to take your gift and begin to monetize it. Begin to monetize. So that's what Elijah, Elisha said to her here. Do you have something of, of value that we can sell? Do you have something of value that we can sell? You know, and then she said, the only thing I have is a jar of oil. The jar of oil here might represent, you know, the skill you have. You might, you might be in debt today. You may say, oh man, this year is going to be a great year, but I don't know how to go about it. God is asking me to ask you, what do you have in your hand? Do you have something in your hand right now? A gift, a knowledge that you can sell, that you can serve to somebody else. You know, because when you add value to somebody's life, lives, they will, the person will give you back some um, exchange for that value. And then, you know, that will become more money into your bank account. So, um, then he said, go around. Because he said she has got this jar of oil. 
Elisha now began to give this give this woman, uh, you know, MBA session on how to, you know, be debt free. He said, "Go around and borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Empty vessels are not a few." Now, this word, this words borrowed, borrow this phrase rather, borrow empty vessels. You know what it means? It means create containers in your heart for big things. Create containers in your heart for big things. So we have, we've spoken about taking your, your, your cooking as a side also. But as you do that, dream big. Dream big. Don't think, oh, I just want to only serve five people or ten people in my neighborhood. Think about putting your stuff, your food in Tesco. Is packaged and uh, sold at Tesco. A lady called me in area this week and said, oh, you know, I've been doing this... Uh, this uh, cooking food for a year, a couple of years now. But I feel that God is asking me to do more. I say, yes. I say, you can you can get it a place at Tesco. And she, she hasn't thought about that before. I say, the, the people that are doing it, they don't have five heads, right? Get it place at Tesco. It might require to do a bit more, you know, a bit more quality assurance, but that's the way you need to go. You need to, when you are starting off, have a big, a big vision, a big dream. Why? Because your God is a big God. The principle I've got here is dream big. As you start with what you have in your hand, don't lose sight of the future that lies ahead or the dream that God has planted in your heart. Remember, God is the one who fills empty vessels. That's something that you might want to write down. Write down. God is the one who fills empty vessels. Second Kings 3, verse 16 to 18. God taught me a lesson in this scripture, which I'm going to talk to you about quickly. There's a story here. Where the, 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 these kings got stranded in the valley, right? And their, their, their donkey or sheep, their sheep, uh, their horses, sorry, their horses, you know, didn't have water to drink and they were thirsty and they thought, oh, they're going to die here. And the Bible says they went to meet the, 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 uh, the prophet and the prophet said, prophet said, don't worry. This is what the Lord said. Make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, neither shall you see rain. Yet that valley that you have you have created ditches in shall be filled with water, that you may drink both you and your cattle, and your beasts. And this is but a small thing in the sight of the Lord. God is the one who fills empty vessels. But if there's no vessel to fill, I can go fill it. Remember the story of Jesus when he turned water to 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 wine. He said to them, they should fill the vessel first. They they brought the vessel out. Filled it, then he did what he turned the water into wine. It's a principle, it's a principle essentially that says if you don't dig the ditches, God cannot fill it. Create a hunger for your desire, and then let the supernatural power of God to begin to work with it and fill it up. God's power is always there to support us, God's power is always there to support your highest good, but you must have a hunger for your dream dream big don't dream small if for example last year you have made some improvement in your life in whatever form increase it by 10 percent or 20 percent set a goal that says okay i'm going to get better this year by 20 percent it might be in the way you study the word of god in the way you you talk in the way you relate to people set a goal that says things are going to get better so the example of the person that's cooking you, you need to have this dream like one day you have uh, 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 your, your food will be sold 
at at Tesco, for example, as a packed food that people can eat. You can have a dream that your food might be something that somebody can even, uh, you know, export internationally to other countries. Have this dream, big dream. But remember, this is coming from the things that you love to do. Something that you love to do, that's really important. It must be a gift, something that you love, you enjoy to do. And then make that thing look big. Make that thing become bigger. When God showed up to Abraham, when God showed, showed up to Abraham, what did God tell Abraham? When Abraham got to the land that God was going to give to Abraham, God said to Abraham, now look up from where you stand to the north, south, west, and east. Wherever, as far as your eyes can see, I will give to you. Notice that. God, as far as your eyes can see, I will give to you. The question you should ask is, is God telling Abraham to, to look as far as his physical eyes can see? Or is he talking about as far as what he can conceive in his mind? I believe God is talking beyond the physical eyes. He's talking about what vision are you holding in your heart? What vision? How big is the vision in your heart? Let me tell you something. The problem we, 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 we make at times is we look at what is on ground. Maybe it's not much. We start to get discouraged. And so nothing's happening here. But the God who called you, who gave you that vision, who gave you that dream in your heart, didn't seek audience with other people before he gave you, gave you those things. You didn't have to pray for them. It's a gift that, he has, that has been given to you. And the God who gave you the, the gift has more than enough provision for that gift. Now, here is a scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 to 3. The Bible says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that receipts, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end he shall speak and not lie. Though he tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. So when Elisha told the woman, Go around and borrow vessels from all of your neighbors, empty vessels are not a few. He's talking about woman creates big expectation. Have big expectation because God is about to do the miraculous. So you love cooking today. Instead of stop, instead of cooking with friends and family, can you visualize and envision in your mind your product being sold in the big shops? How do you make sure this happens? Write the vision down. Pray on it. Meditate on it. Visualize with it. Until the future is more real than the present issues. When you wake up in the morning, think about that future. Now, the Bible says where there's no vision, the people people perish. You know what that means? It means where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. If you have the vision of what your life is meant to become, and that vision is so clear to you, and you think about it every time, every time you think about it when you wake up in the morning, you sleep at night, what will happen here is that you are not going to get involved with people that are not going anywhere. You will choose your friends carefully. You will choose how how you spend your time carefully. You can only run with a vision that is clear. So get busy to write your dreams down. When you are trying to write your dreams, the devil might say to you, who do you think you are? It's not going to happen. Or the devil might say to you, but somebody else is already doing what you want to do. I don't know whether you've had that one before. Somebody's already doing what you, are, what, what you want to do. And then you say, okay, because somebody else is already doing it. Why do I have to enter into that market? Why do I have to compete with somebody else? Here's the truth I want you to know. There's no competition. I want you to write down. There's no competition for what is yours. I want you to write that down. There's no competition for what is yours. Why? Even if somebody is already doing what you are, what you want to do, they cannot serve the people that you want to serve. You are not sent to the whole world. Listen, nobody on this earth can serve the entire entire world. That's the reason why you know everybody likes whoever they like. If God has called you to reach a thousand people, a million people, then so be it. So. There's no competition for what is yours. You have an idea to do something great this year. 
Please get busy. Go doing it. Write the vision down first of all. Write it down. Let it be clear to you. Let there be no confusion in your mind about what that vision is all about. All right. So we move on to the next, uh, next verse. Verse 4. And Anina said, when you come in, shut the door upon you and your sons. Then pour out the oil you have into all those vessels, setting aside each one when it is full. Now, this one, I love it. I love it so much because this one is saying, shut the door against the crowd. Show the door against the crowd. You have had this dream and this vision now. You are going to get this your food to, to on the big stores, in, in, onto the big store shelves. You are going to have a product that is in, in, exported internationally. You have this dream, this goal, these big dreams. Now you start to talk to people that, that God did not give the dreams. <laughs> when God was giving you the dream, they were not there. God did not consult them when he was giving you the dream, right? You say, oh, let me talk to my brother. Oh, let me talk to my sister. And they say to you, are you sure you can do that? Are you really sure you can do that? Do you think you are qualified to do that? Who do you think you are? Do you know that statement? Are you sure you can do that? Is akin to the statement that Satan used in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, when everything was okay, everything was working well, the devil came and told him and said, did God really say you shall not eat of that tree? Did God really say that? That question was meant to create doubt in the mind. Has this ever happened to you before? You you had this idea, you had this dream, you sat down, you wrote it down, your heart expanded literally, almost literally. You felt like walking on the moon. You can take over the world. You are so excited about the dream that you went to meet some people, you start to tell them about your dream, and they started to poke holes in you and say, Oh, uh, somebody else is doing that already. What do you think? And all of a sudden, they pop your balloon. You start to feel deflated. Why is that? Because they are crowd. They are part of the crowd. They are onlookers. These are people who enjoy the circus. They are a distraction. An example of the crowd effect is what happened with the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story with the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says she said in her heart, if I touch the hem of the garment of Jesus Christ, I will be made whole. That's a decision. And she took action. She followed through on what she believed. And the Bible said that when she told the end of the government of Jesus Christ, what happened? Power, virtue left Jesus. And Jesus Christ said, who touched me? And they said to Jesus, how can you say who touched you when this crowd are meeting all around you? But you know, the Bible never recorded that one of those people who were milling around Jesus Christ ever got healed. The Bible didn't record that they got healed. Why? Because they belonged to the crowd. They didn't come to Jesus with faith. Because the Bible says, as many as come to him, he healed all of them. These guys were with Jesus, they are touching him, they but healing didn't flow. The virtue didn't flow. Why? Because they belong in the crowd. The one with issue of blood came there and touched him of the garment of Jesus Christ and received a healing. What is the principle telling us? In this year, avoid anything that will distract you from the vision in your heart. Stay focused on your goal. Stay focused on your goal. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Point number five. So she went from him and shut the door. So that's obedience. She took action upon herself and her sons who brought her the vessels and she poured the oil. Now, this verse five is quite important. This is, I'm going to spend about five minutes talking about this before I then go to the last slide. Is because I want to use the idea of somebody who is who has a side hustle cooking. I want to show you how you can make a lot more money than cooking. You have an idea now. Please remember, you can 
you can parlay this into any side also, any gift that you have been given. Now, God showed me something in the book of Genesis. I cannot go into the scripture now. In, in, when the Bible says that there was a river that flowed into Eden. And that river parted into four heads. And God said to me, you should at least aim to have four multiple streams of income. Four ways in which money is coming to you. Don't sit on one, on one way of making money. This water that came into the garden, that word water in the Hebrew means prosperity. The water flowed into the garden. But that, that water parted into four heads. So now, let's take this person who loves cooking. Let's take this person who loves cooking. The person can cook for friends and family. Remember, the person has a big dream to put it on the stores, in, in shelves, you know, on the shelves in stores. So that's income stream number one. What if you've perfected your cooking so well, you have a special recipe that everybody talks about. Anytime they buy your food, is your is what they call your prime product. What if you write a book or a recipe book, right, on that recipe of how to cook that wonderful uh, soup that you create or wonderful food that you like to create, right? That book there becomes another source of income. What if you license your recipe to other people? Somebody wants to buy your recipe, they pay you every time they download your recipe book or they, they use your recipe in their restaurant. What will happen? They pay you a commission. What if you create a course on how to create special dishes and you invite people to come in maybe on the weekend, they pay you money to do the course, right? That's one level of income. What if you start to run conferences? You've, you've done this course for so many year, years now, and then all of a sudden, you start running conferences. They have to cook the best food that, that cures uh, dementia, whatever it is, that kind of conference. You, people come in there, that's another income. What if you have a YouTube channel where you teach people different things, and then YouTube starts to pay you money? That's another income. What if you franchise this idea? You, you become so good now. Now people say they want to buy you know, into, your, into your product and then they pay you 10000 every time they, they buy your franchise. That's how McDonald's make money. McDonald's make more money from franchising than the food that they sell. Because, you know, one time I think my wife said she, she wanted to go and check them out. I didn't make any sense. I don't know how people are doing it, but they, they, the amount that McDonald's collects for each, from each franchise, so I, I don't understand how they make money. But but that's a business model. So now you can see, you love cooking as a side also. But I've shown you here now, there are seven ways you can take that idea in your mind and you can turn it into seven ways of making money. Now I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. Suppose you are a nurse, as I said earlier, and you are earning 30000 a year. That money is not changing, it's there. That's like your, I call it uh, pocket money now. Now, you start to cook. Remember, the Bible says, despise not the days of little beginning. This is not a get-quick, get-rich-quick scheme. This is like you take idea that God has given you. Think of different ways in which you can perfect it. Because what happened here, I want to show you where I, brought, where I got this one from. So she went from him and showed it up on her seven sons. Who brought the vessel to her? She poured the oil. So she poured the oil. She poured the oil. Now, the Bible says, um, here, uh, here, she, 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 they brought out the vessels. Each vessel now re represent a product line. Each vessel that they brought to her, and she poured that same single oil. That single oil is the idea that she had. Is the, your cooking idea that you have? Is that oil? You pour that oil now into one vessel. The vessel is full. You put it to one side. You bring another vessel. So you can have multiple product lines. 
that is making more you in different ways. An example that we know today is Apple. Apple have different product line. They have the iPad, they have the iPhone, uh, they have um, they have the wristwatch, right? Uh, they have uh, the one that sings. Uh, I don't know what it's called. They have different ones. Each one of those ones is is product line that is giving them money. Amazon does the same thing. Amazon have the website where you buy stuff from. They have um, Amazon Prime for the video. Um, they have all sort of things, right? You know, they get more, more than one product line. The people that are rich, that's how they do it. You have to have more than one way of making money. So now we're taking this person now who loves cooking and we've shown seven ways. Now suppose you're cooking in a year, your cooking gives you, let's say, 10,000 pounds. Your book maybe doesn't give you more than 500 pounds. But that remember, you write the book once, the money keeps coming. Your recipe, maybe it become, became popular so much. Every time somebody downloads a recipe, they pay you five pounds. Let's say you have a hundred downloads in a year. Again, that's another 500 pounds. Your cost, maybe say it for $200. You have 100 people come, that's 20,000. Right? You run your conference, you charge it for 99. Maybe 1,000 people come, that's 99,000. Your channel, maybe YouTube, pays you money. After a period of time, they pay you, maybe they pay you 300 pounds, 500 pounds. Your franchise, maybe you sell it for 37000 Now, if you had all of that together, I'm not doing the math, easily you can make in a year at least over 100000 or 200000 From this side hustle that you started, that you thought, oh, what is this? What is this? It just, I just love doing this stuff. But you can make more money from it. Now, remember, it does not change your 30000 that you're making in a year that is still there. Now, do that over a five-year period. 200000 times five, what do you become? You become a millionaire. Now, is that possible or not? Of course it's possible. Does it require you to... Take training, do stuff, and improve yourself. Of course it does. That's why we say it requires growth, but growth might be difficult. But it's something that is possible. So now, let's look at what happened in verse 6. When the vessels were all full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not a one left. Then the oil stopped multiplying. Now, this is the big one. There's this principle of life that says, nature abhors a vacuum. As long as there's a vacuum, nature has to fill it. As long as there's a vacuum, nature has to fill it. You see here that the oil stopped when there's no more container to fill. When we stop having expectation of big things, we cannot attract it. When you wake up in the morning, you don't think, oh, today is going to be better than yesterday. Then you cannot attract it. It is not God holding anything away from you. It's because expectation is important. There's what they call the power of expectation. Now, in, behind your brain, at the back of your brain, there is a, it's an organ called reticular activating system, RAS. RAS is an organ that God has placed in your, at the back of your brain that keeps you focused on what you want. Suppose you want to buy a Jaguar or you want to buy a car today. The moment you make a decision that this is the car you want to buy, what happens? You start to see it everywhere. Why is that? Because your wrath goes into play and say, this is what Davis want. Let's give it to Davis. Let's bring this thing to Davis' attention so that Davis can keep thinking about it so that it can be at the focal point of Davis' mind, Davis' mindset. All right? So now, when we stop expecting big, what do we expect? We expect nothing. We expect something not to work. Guess what your wrath will be doing? Your wrath will keep bringing to you that some, nothing is going to work. Nothing's going to work. And all of a sudden, it becomes a, 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 a cycle, right? You wake up in the morning. You don't expect something, something good to happen. Something good didn't happen. And then the cycle continues. Then you go to prayer line. Say, pray, pray, pray. But say, no. But you are praying. But you are not changing your mind. You are not changing the way you think. And God say, no, child. Transformation happens by the way you think. Romans chapter 12. 
The Bible says that let your life be transformed by the way you think. So God wants us to change our thinking this year so that we can do more, we can have more. The oil stop stopped when there's no more container to fill. I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ that God will create big containers in your heart and in my heart in this year to dream big, to think big, that we know that we are children of the kingdom, that we no longer are we going to be people that are trampled upon in this world, that we will rise up and take our position in the name of Jesus Christ. May God impact your mind right now with the power of the Holy Ghost in a new dimension, that you have big dreams, so much, so big that it will scare you in the name of Jesus Christ. That God will send help to you in ways that you have never known before. That 2024 will be a year that you mark in your history book as the year that the Lord totally changed your life. That God will begin to birth in you new dreams and new vision, new, uh, new, new, new purpose, new desire to do more, to be more, to have more. In the name of Jesus Christ, that you will not end this year the way you started, that you end this year far, far better than the way you start in Jesus' name. Now, the, the last point here is the sell-off, pay-off, and live on. Then she came and told the man of God, he said, and he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Sell off, pay off, and live on. What does sell off mean? It means to achieve financial independence, you must have something to sell. You must have a product or a service that you are rendering to the marketplace. If it's only based on a nine-to-five work, it is difficult to achieve financial independence. Except if you are working for, let's say, you get a job with Google, and they, they sign you up with some sort of sign-on bonus, you know. And then maybe as they make money, they, you you also make money. Yeah, then fine. But or maybe you work as a contractor, you make big money, you invest that money in some property, whatever is making money for you. Then you can achieve financial independence. But if it's like okay, let's just do what everybody else is doing, and on thirty thousand or forty thousand, it's going to be difficult. You're going to be going to have kind of financial independence. But if you if you follow the example I gave earlier with the side hustle and you begin to monetize them in different ways, financial independence can come. Sell off. You must have something to sell. You need to have a way in which you make money beyond your regular income. There are two types of income based on what I learned. There's your regular income. There's what they call passive income. Regular income is money you make that requires your time to do something. You know, you go to work, you spend your time there. Essentially, that's what we call trading time for money. All right. At some point, we have to do that. You might see continue to do that. Like the example I gave, you do that, you do that, but you see have some side hustle that is bringing money for you. All right. Then after a while, when you are build products and platforms and courses and stuff like that, they can then begin to what give you money while you are sleeping. That's really where you want to get to. You want to get to a place where your passive income makes more money for you, even than your regular income. Then that's when you become financially independent. So it says sell off this oil that you've gotten, sell them off. Then the next thing is pay off your debt. Now I told you my story already. I got said, write down what you what you owe. Now, here's an advice. Something I shared in, in, in the church, and I said, if you have a debt, let's say you have five debt, you have five thousand, you have one that is five hundred, you have one that is two thousand. Pay the um, the smallest debt first. Make a decision to pay that off first. Why? When you pay off the smallest debt off, what will happen? You have this feedback loop that says your debt is reducing. That will give you motivation to want to pay more. But if you are paying this big debt, that's all you focus on. And the more you pay, it seems like the money is not reducing. You, you start to get discouraged. All right. So go now and collate all that you owe and set a target to pay them off. But please pay off 
the smallest date first. You know, that way you can get that feedback that things are working well. Now, live on. How do we handle the live on? There's a formula that I am also beginning now to apply in my life uh, bit by bit. The first one is save 10%. Save 10% of whatever you earn. Before you give anybody money, take 10% and put it in a, in a place, in a savings account. In a place, in a, an account that generates money for you. Anyone that comes to you, make a decision. I'm going to pay 10% of it and invest it. Recently, I started putting some money aside, 10%. And it, oh, I find it quite amazing how the money began to grow very quickly. Because, I, oh, that's, 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 that money is growing. You don't, and you don't touch it. It's money that you're keeping aside. You don't touch it. Save 10%. Now, give. Give 10%. Now, some people don't like the concept of tithe or whatever. I'm, but I'm going to tell you today. You know, I think I've got maybe two minutes or three minutes left. I'm going to tell you today. If you are not giving tithe, you're shortchanging yourself. Giving is a spiritual principle, right? You give. When there was a time that I rebelled against this tithing thing uh, because of so you cost with the cost. And I said, well, I'm going to make which Where is the cost with the cost coming from? Galatians 3 verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law. But one day God told me and said, when Abraham met Melchizedek in the book of Genesis chapter 13 or 14, God says to me, Abraham of his own volition gave, you know, the 10% of the spoil to Abraham, uh, to, to Melchizedek. It was not demanded. It was not a law. God says to me, the concept of tithing predates the giving of the law. And then God said to me, why are you shortchanging yourself? And I tell you, people of God, again, you don't have to take it. It's not for everybody. But when I started, when I started to give back, there are some things that I experienced. I don't even know how it is. You know, at times you have a lot of money. You just say, what's, what's happening here? You know, but at times you might not even make a lot of money, but you are faithful in this thing. You just realize that what you have goes farther. All right. Again, like I said, the concept of tithing is not for everybody, but tithe with the right mindset. Don't tithe from the place of fear, like, oh, cost is coming upon your head. Tithe from the place of the father. You have been given much. Therefore, you are giving back to God. The, the work you are doing is God that gave you. The energy that you have is God that gave you. So, therefore, there's nothing wrong in saying, Lord, Father, I thank you for it. So, God looks at the heart. He looks at the mindset that we have when we are giving this thing. So, please give into a place that is blessing you. Give to your church. You know, make sure that you you, you give that out of, out of a willing heart, not out of a fearful heart. So, put 10% aside for giving. Invest 10%. Invest 10%. Yeah. You can go online and uh, find a... Any platform where you can invest, maybe in some shares, shares, share broken accounts, you can invest money in there, you know, and then you have one for education board. Why do we have education board? Education board is there whereby you need to keep growing, right? If you're going to grow, you're going to have to pay for courses, pay for mentoring, pay for coaches, put 10% aside. Then the balance there is 60%, which you can spend. You can enjoy yourself and live, live your life. All right. So the man says, sell off, pay off and live on. All right, so that is, uh, I think my time is up now. That is what God laid in my heart for you to know. You can start a business. You can start a business. It is not wrong for you to start a business. If you want to be financially independent, have something else beyond the money that you're making. Have multiple streams of income. In the book of Genesis, God showed us that we can have multiple streams of income because there's there's one water that came in into into Eden, but that water, you know, divided into four heads. All right, and I don't have time to talk about that here, but each of the water has meaning. It has meaning of abundance. All right. So in 2024, as you are going higher height, what is required is a change in mindset, 
a changing dynamics. Let us believe that we can be more, we can have more, we can do more. And that the idea that God is placed in your heart can bring more into your life. So I want to pray for somebody right now. I want to pray for somebody right now. Uh, I want to pray for all of us. I think my, my yeah, that's the end of my slide. I want to pray for somebody uh, as we as we begin as I begin to finish my, my session to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your children. I pray for your children. I pray for everyone on this on this call tonight. The Lord Almighty God, you will encourage us. You will open our eyes. I pray for illumination, especially. That our eyes will be opened. Our eyes will be opened. That Lord, men and women, boys and girls here, we start a journey. A journey to financial independence to to begin to be able to have more so that they can also be gospel financiers they can send the gospel to the ends of the earth because now they have more than enough lord i thank you almighty god that your children are debt free in the name of jesus i decree father o lord that they are debt free in the name of jesus christ that lord resources are coming to them from different corners of the earth to be able to meet their needs and more the bible says god shall my god shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by christ jesus which means lord you supply all needs in proportion to your riches and your riches oh lord are unlimited father therefore i pronounce unlimited riches on your people i pronounce ideas making money upon them in the name of jesus christ i i pronounce by the power of the holy ghost that the floodgate is opened that your children are swimming in the abundance of god it is well with them thank you heavenly father lord we give you praise we thank you almighty god that by next year when we come Everyone here will have achieved something significant with their lives in the matter of Jesus Christ. As we leave here, Lord, may we be doers of the word to take action, to put pen to paper and begin to write the dreams that God has placed in our hearts and begin to take action so that we can see results. We thank you for it and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen, 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 amen.